I was being grounded. Well, for all intents and purposes, that's what they would be doing to me. What the Air Force was offering me was the opportunity to become an instructor at Air Education and Training Command, AETC. They were concerned about my mental health, about the toll the continual war zone exposure was taking on me. Their decisions might have also had something to do with my commander being the one to find me at the tail end of a bender. I wasn't exactly being given a choice. I could take the instructor position, be promoted to major, and undergo once-a-week rehab and therapy. Or I was facing a dishonorable discharge for conduct unbecoming an officer. Not much of a decision. The AETC it would be. I was going home to Texas, to Randolph Air Force Base to be exact. Trust me, while Randolph would become my new home, Lackland Air Force Base was the first thing that crossed my mind when I found out. For the first time in six years, I was going to have to face my memories and deal with the demons that had been plunging me into the bottom of a bottle whenever I could find one. It was time to face the possibility that, maybe, I could reconnect with her, if she was even still in Texas. I'd been stationed all over the world, so it was quite plausible that Melody had been shipped off as well. It was a bit of a surprise to me when the first six months of my new assignment kept me so busy I didn't even have time to think about Mel. With the exception of the dreams, of course. Those didn't stop. As a major, they insisted on me moving into officer housing on the base. To be honest, I think they wanted to make sure I didn't have a reason to need to leave the base. That was fine. I probably would have just ended up in a bar on the weekends. I got moved into my new house, then settled into my new office. After I underwent a brief round of instructor courses, they turned me loose to start teaching. The saving grace to my sanity was that I was not kept to a strict indoor classroom setting. Think Top Gun. Love that damn movie, even if it was a Navy film. I lived for the days when I could suit up and show the new young hotshots how it was done. With time, I was able to let them call me Dallas without any hard feelings, when we weren't in a formal setting. Protocol did have to be followed, after all. The days drifted by in routine, becoming weeks and then months. Without a plan of my own to take care of, I invested in a 1965 Corvette to keep me busy on the weekends. She was a beauty, and I thrilled on tuning her up and bettering her purr. Each morning started with an early wake-up for a trip to the gym, then home for a shower, followed by a light breakfast, then a day of teaching before going home to a lonely dinner. Every new pilot I taught was with as much heart as if I were on a mission. While I might not have been personally flying anymore, I was responsible for those that would be. I learned to take a sense of pride in that. While I was quiet and distant when first starting the required rehab steps and counseling, I came to look forward to the weekly therapy sessions. My doctor, Major Simmons, did everything he could to make me feel at ease. By the time I'd been seeing him for a year, we'd become informal. He was Chance, and I was Marshall. I wanted him to use Dallas like everyone else, but he wanted our relationship to be about me, not my Air Force career. When he'd put it that way, it had made sense. I also found that the more he called me Marshall, the more my youthfulness recovered and the pride in me bloomed, much like a rose. My yellow rose tattoo helped to ground me and remind me why I joined the service in the first place.